What are you going to say, Ja? What are you going to say, Ja? Oh, hey, we're recording. Hey, welcome to the Underquaid and Underqualified Podcast with your host, Vince, otherwise known as Vince Sanity 11 according to my many Instagram followers. I swear you pronounced the word wrong just now, and I kind of just lost focus. What word did I pronounce wrong, Ja? I think you said, like, I heard underqueefed. Yeah, I hear that a lot, too. Kind of rings in my brain a lot. <laughs> you you have the word underqueef ringing in your brain all the time. Yes. Why, how, how does your, why do you have that word ringing in your brain? Yeah, I wish happen? I do. I, th- th- I'm hoping that our therapy sessions can help me get to the bottom of this, but so far we haven't gotten to the real topics like why that's ringing in my brain. Would you like to, would you like to tell me about your feelings, about your childhood? Did you, were you not hugged enough and kissed enough by your you, parents? You know, you always give me that as a solution, Ja, and it's never, it never helps. I'm sorry. I really don't need a hug. <laughs> Are you sure? I can genuinely well, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> were you hugged enough as a child? I think so. I don't Are you know. sure? <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of repressed emotions there going on. Nah, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. Besides the ringing in the head, you know. Underqueef. You seem like you like saying that more than me. I'm I don't pretty know, sure it's, stuck, it's like an earworm. Before. It's like stuck in my brain now because of you. <laughs> I could have sworn that you said that. This is the best intro we've done so far, would you agree? I would say so, yeah. This is probably ranked top three or something, give or take. <laughs> top three. Twelve episodes that we have now. That's saying a lot, yeah. We have a wide variety of episodes. So, uh, hard, hard competition there, but uh, I don't think you've introduced yourself so far. So Yeah, so for our loyal, loyal five listeners, my name is Ja. Why'd you say five? It's gone down. It was yeah, it actually before. has gone down. <laughs> Alright, well, this is our we're comeback episode. We're doing something terrible. <laughs> People hate us. Did you, uh, did you give, you want to plug your Instagram handle? That's what I did. Uh, so my Instagram handle is, uh, Gia Killer. Gia Killer? No. I'm assuming people don't know how to spell my first name, so I just <laughs> pronounce it phonetically how any other person would mispronounce it. Alright, fair enough. It's, yeah, because uh, most, I think it's like one out of ten times when people meet me, they actually pronounce it right. Chances are when I say my name, they're like, oh, hi, John. Pretty sure I've never... No, it's not John. I'm pretty sure I was on board with your name pronunciation, like, right from the get Yeah, but also, like, I'm adding, like, people when they see the name first, and then they try to pronounce it. But, That's yeah. fair. I'm combining all that. Either way, I like your name, Ja. I like my name, too. Ja Ma. But anyways, this is... Yeah, we're going to get to the bare bones of what we're trying to talk about. How's your week, Ja? How's my week? My week has been going... What the hell did I do this week? Oh my gosh, I actually don't remember. This is why I write... It's really entertaining for a podcast. (laughs) What did I do? I don't know. (laughs) I'll tell you what I did, Ja. Oh, I was playing with my new bike the other day, and... (laughs) You have a new bike? Yeah, so I bought this new bike... Um, bought a gravel bike, did a lot of research into it, and was like, okay, I want something that I can, like, ride on pavement by the same time. If there's too much traffic on the road, and there's too many people I can't kick their knees in to get out of my way, I would then proceed to go off-roading. So I want a bike that's <laughs> capable of doing bike or No, it's a gravel bike. So okay. it looks, think of a road bike, right? Okay. And the geometry, it looks like that, but the wheels and the frame is a little bit thicker and okay. such. So then it's able to take more of a beating on the on the gravel as opposed to a road bike where you're probably going to pop your tire. But <laughs> a hybrid is pretty much just a casual city bike. Okay. And so like in the past, when, I, when I've been riding on pavement and there's way too many like old people... Actually, there's this one time where somebody was walking in the middle of the street, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, he was just jogging in the middle. It's a two-lane path, and the road is kind of congested with joggers and other cyclists. Yeah. And on the way down, I ran to him, and I was like, okay, what an asshole, right? And on the way back, I ran to him again, and I really debated about riding up to him, 
and kicking his knees in. And then biking away. Would you really do that, bro? I debated about it. You debated it, but would you have... You don't seem like a very confrontational person. As I rode away, I told my friend out loud, with an earshot, like, I would have kicked his knees in. Have you ever, like, confronted somebody like that, though? I usually wait for them to hit... Throw the first punch, so then I can sue them later if I lose the fight. Yeah, that's the smart way. But I feel like nobody throws the first punch. That's the problem. You'd be surprised. Have you ever been in a Dodgers Giants game in LA? <laughs> Chances are, somebody's gonna be throwing a first punch. Somewhere. I would be down to go sometime in LA. Yeah, no, you, I would be. You yeah. might die. Eh, I will die. Fuck them. You might die. Fuck them. I don't know how much I can protect you because there's a lot of big people. That <laughs> oh, watch. okay. You protect me. I think I'm okay, buddy. I don't think you can protect yourself. I don't trust you. <laughs> Well, I don't have a knife like you do, but I think I'd be okay. okay. I wouldn't exactly go looking for a fight. I wouldn't. I'm not the type of person who's just like, yeah, fuck the Dodgers. I just quietly say it to myself. So they have no reason to do it. So fuck them. And like the biggest like short tempered Dodger fan heard that and just completely jumped you outside in the parking lot later. I hey dude, I've been telling people I'm almost down for. I'm kind of the same way. Like I'll never throw the first punch unless somebody really deserves it and like. It's totally giving me the right to, but there is part of me, not going to lie, that almost wishes somebody I really didn't like would throw the first punch, just so you have full authority to get in the fight. I feel so like that's why I'm kind of interested in like going to LA and seeing this sometime. Because I don't think, I wouldn't be looking for it, but if it happened, I'd be curious and make a good story later. I feel like that's a lot of like fantasies that men have, where it's like, <laughs> can I take this guy in a fight? Yes or no? And you imagine it. Like almost... You're bored on the subway or whatever, and you're just thinking, I could probably kill that guy. Or when you see him, it's like, I can definitely not kill this guy. I don't know. I feel like I have that thought in my mind a lot. I actually... More often than... I don't have have that so much. I don't look at somebody and just think, could I take them in a fight? It's more like, I don't know, I'll be watching like a good action movie where somebody does something really badass, and then I'll like... For the next like 12 hours have that thought in my brain of like god i wish i could have something epic like that happen and then it kind of goes away after 12 hours okay but i just don't <laughs> feel like it's a fantasy for a lot of guys just some guys unless unless you are the type of guy who lived in a really shitty area growing up and actually did get in fights on the weekly where you are probably over that by that point it's unless a developmental phase you know you kind of either experience it or you don't and if you haven't i think that's when you get that kind of like curiosity of what it'd be like well unless you're a pacifist loser Wow, that's real mature. <laughs> really anyway. just isolating those four out of five listeners. Anyway, so yeah, pacifist. I, I, I got to play around with that. It was great. Uh, I ran. I was bike on a path, ran into a, apparently a 5K, and on, I was like... When was it, Saturday? Uh, Saturday, yeah. And okay. so I got lucky, and I was like, oh, there's a dirt path with a lot of gravel. What kind of bike do I have? Boom, and I just start riding onto the side. So and it I, worked? Yeah. Nice. And, uh, I mean, like, I bike a little bit slower, right? But yeah. not, but still, like, faster than, like, a normal road bike or any other bike. Okay. Um, so that was great. Love it. Great $600 investment. $600, in the goddamn. Wow. I didn't even pay that much for my bike. Um, uh, it was originally priced at, like, eight to 900 A bunch of my, a couple of my, like, bougie rich friends that make six figures. Okay, they're not that bougie, but they spend way too much money. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, you should drop 1200 for a solid bike. And I'm like, I'm going to Venmo request you that money, and you're going to pay for it. Cool, thanks, bye. And they're on board with that? No. <laughs> but oftentimes, people have told me, like, hey, you should get, like, a gaming desktop or something to keep up with, like, gaming with them. And I just send them a Facebook request for money. 
to pay for a new computer. That almost sounds like a scam in a weird way, because I could see, what if somebody was drunk enough and they just hit accept um, <laughs> on the Venmo Unless request? you don't have your, like, bank account or something synced up, I don't think you could respond to it. Well, for like Venmo, you, you could. So if I, well, so if I just hypothetically that. requested $3,000 from you on Venmo and you were drunk and you just accidentally clicked accept, and then you don't remember it the next day and then wonder where $3,000 went. <laughs> yeah, no, that would suck. But anyways, it's kind of like a way to kind of shut my friends up when they keep nagging on me to go buy more stuff and I'm like I don't make as much money <laughs> so, as you but so, okay so you spend money to make your friends stop bitching at you to spend money <laughs> no I send a Facebook request or a Venmo request for money uh, okay huh. and then they kind of stop asking me about it and I'm like yeah can't, that's right shut up can't say I've ever done that to a friend maybe I'll try it sometime maybe I'll try it to you Jock how would you react I'll uh, probably just well in what context because I feel like I've never pressured you to buy anything I'll just send the request to you just to see how you react. <laughs> I was going to press no and be like, what the hell? <laughs> what is this garbage response, like message in my inbox? Anyways, how's your week? That's the same way I react every time you message me, Jeff. Well, that's sweet. <laughs> You're sweet. Anyways, how's your week? Uh, how's my week? Uh, it's very average. I don't know. It's kind of uh, not too bad. Some ups and downs. Uh, work's still kind of busy. We were just talking off the podcast about how October's flying by, right by and really fast, and uh, it's kind of depressing me. I haven't done anything Halloween-related, haven't really seen any horror movies. Um, I had a big list of things I wanted to see, and uh, kind of wondering if I should just dedicate a whole weekend to just watching every single list, every movie on the list, and uh, cramming everything Halloween-related to in a weekend. What's on the list? Uh, let's see, 28 Days Later, Poltergeist, oh, uh, Rosemary's Baby... 28 Days Warriors. Uh, The Thing. The Thing. What's The Thing? You haven't seen The Thing? What's it's The Thing? John Carpenter. Is The Thing like Fantastic Four? No, it's like one of the most OG scary horror movies. Basically, it's this alien, some type of alien creature that is just, picture the most horrific, like, shape-shifting, destructive, just evil, chaotic thing, and that's what it is. It's in the 80s, Kurt Russell. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling it up. It's from the 80s. How scary can it be? Doesn't seem very scary. What the hell is that? Well, you're desensitized. You thought It Chapter 2 was a freaking happy movie. Dude, I would honestly <laughs> let my child watch it. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> like, there are some movies that I wouldn't let my kid ever watch, like Borat and stuff like that. Dude, I would let my kid watch Borat. I would let my kid watch It, because it's so wholesome. Although it's actually, such a good message. It's, it's, you're so fucked <laughs> It's, it's so all about true. friendship and overcoming your damn fears. It's like you... It's dude, literally it's, the entire It's almost movie. a three-hour movie, and you base the five-minute ending off, like, that being the whole movie. That's the whole premise of the it's entire It's not the premise. The premise is hours. these kids are fucking traumatized. Let me, suicide my, let me commit suicide so I can unite my friends. That's not happy. That's That wasn't even... That was the book. Was no, I'm going to say how stupid it is. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, uh, that's a different topic. So what else is on your list? The argument is you're saying it's a happy movie. It's not. It's five minutes that we're happy. If that, it might not even be less. The whole movie's dark. If kid, a guy kills himself, all the kids are tortured and they haven't lived happy lives because of this thing. And uh, yeah, some of them have been living happy lives, huh? Some of them live happy lives. No, it's still been at the back of their mind. You can tell they just keep forgetting about it as they move farther and farther away. They forget about it, but it's still there. When they get back to it, they realize how it's been like. Yeah, but but they lived happy lives. Some no, clearly did. they didn't because they Some still knew about it and they, when they went back to it, it was like that's when it really came to surface. It's like hidden trauma. It's the same thing. 
But they lived happy lives before then. No, you can't. There was a gap period where they were probably suffering. It's, it's an illusion. And then they moved away. And every and during that time when they moved away, it was fine until uh, that one friend decided to recruit everybody back. No, like Bev. It was like like example of Okay, Bev. her life just sucked. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's a few other people's lives are pretty okay. Pretty okay, but there's still it's the idea of trauma and that they never officially got over it. It's repressed memories. It's like it's is it, it really it's repressed mag- memories or is it just it's magic? That's a good con- that's a good topic, but uh, that's for another episode. Anyways, what else is on your <laughs> horror movie list? Uh, let's see. I'll pull it up. I'll read you the whole list. Let's see how many you know. Haunted, Rosemary's Baby, Blood and Black Lace, Eyes Without a Face, When a Stranger Calls, Carrie. The Omen, Suspira, The Thing, The Fog, Poltergeist, Trick or Treat, Day of the Dead, The Silence of the Lambs, Scream, Pan's Labyrinth, The Others, Ringu, The Ring 2, 28 Days Later, Let the Right One In, Don't Breathe, Unfriended. There's a few of those I wouldn't categorize as horror movies, but other people also categorize as horror movies, so it's kind of like, okay, sure, I, I don't agree. Like which ones? Uh, when a Stranger Calls, uh, let me see this again. So that I wouldn't say is a horror. The other one I wouldn't say a horror is *The Silence of the Lambs*. I I consider that more as thrillers. I could see that dark thriller. Yeah, I don't consider that as horror. That's kind of some like, people do consider those as horror. That's kind of like *The Shining*, I guess. It's uh, like *Shining*. Psych- I would consider horror. It's like psychological thriller. Well, it's it is. I think it's horror too, but some people just think of it as psychological thriller with like a dark undertone. Okay, serious question. What's so scary about *The Shining*? It's just the tone. It's just like. The vibe, it just makes you super uncomfortable. It's just the directing style, like Stanley Kubrick, it's so unique to him. He has his aura, he has this method of just making just like super suspenseful, dark, eerie, on like you feel on the like you just feel on your toes the whole time for just like what's gonna happen in suspense, like kind of movies. So, okay, yeah, when I watched The Shining, I did not get that impression. I was very, um, well, Joe, you thought it was a happy movie. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty happy. <laughs> I'm just going to tie that into everything every time I disagree. I objectively think it was all a happy movie. <laughs> well, like, I didn't think it was dark at all. Well, in that case... Oh, so, I, did I tell you my wife friend who finally saw it, right? So, before she watches, she's like, okay, it's going to be creepy, you have no idea. And I'm like, I, no, I saw it. I didn't think it was creepy at all. Mm-hmm. And then when she saw it, she was like, yeah, she didn't say it was creepy or not, but she definitely did say, yeah, I was not expecting that. It was actually not as scary as I thought. She well, only said that, so all I can say is, well, I'm glad you're. Using, I disagree with you how good it was. Well, I'm glad you're not using anecdotal evidence to generalize or anything. <laughs> uh, I completely zoned out about everything you just said in the last ten seconds. Story of our lives, Joe. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so on to our main topic. Was our main What's topic, our, Vince? Uh, I think you should introduce it, Joe. All right. So if you are not caught up with current events, um. Something big is happening in China, Hong Kong specifically. Uh, oh, wow, I probably would get shot for saying that in that order. Anyway, so something happening in Hong Kong, you have the protests. For people who don't know, and really, if you don't know what is going on in Hong Kong at this point, you're an illiterate fuck. But anyways, um, there's protests I know there's a on. South Park episode, something happening in the NBA. Is you're an illiterate fuck. Anyways... Um, I don't know if illiterate fuck's the right word. Slightly really, illiterate fuck. I just really like to say that phrase. <laughs> um, it doesn't sound cool when you say it, Joe. I you're like still you know. an illiterate fuck. <laughs> um, I can live with that if you know you don't sound cool when you say it. <laughs> uh, I will stab you in your sleep. Moving on. That's so. fair. I'll take that. <laughs> we got that on tape. <laughs> um, so, there's a protest. Pretty much there's an extradition treaty bill. Uh, Hong Kong... 
a parliament was about to instill. There was a lot of rioting, a lot of protesting. They finally sh uh, canceled the bill. And now there's still a lot of protesting. In terms of what the protesters are asking for, they're asking for a fair uh, um, release of other protesters and um, the police officers for uh, to be um, tried for police brutality. That's basically their now their platform, their soapbox. But then there's also a lot of controversy that's going on in places as Australia, United States, where there's a lot of Chinese immigrant students uh, coming about. And so places as my alma mater at UC Davis, there's actually students right now clashing where um, mainland Chinese students are pissed off with Hong Kong students about how they want independence and fight for Hong Kong and peace and such. Whereas mainland Chinese students are arguing saying that, well, Hong Kong is part of China and we're right, you're wrong, shut up and listen to us. And so what got me really thinking is, well, the concept of patriotism. Because I'm thinking, oh wait, as brainwashed propaganda these Chinese people are, they're very... I can't help but admire that they still have um, patriotism for their country as misguided as I think they may be. And then there's the United States, where right now we have such a divide with Republicans and Democrats. And... It almost feels taboo to say that you're American. It's like, I am proud to be an American. But then, and like even the phrase that Donald Trump has as make America great again, some people are very, well, when has America been ever great? We've had slavery for 300, 200 years or something um, before it was abolished. Um, so therefore, America's never been great. We're always in war. Therefore, America's trash. It's not a good country. And I'm just sitting here thinking... Well, to me, as an immigrant who came to America uh, with a second chance and my family and such, that's where I'm pretty grateful for. And I think that's America, how great America is. And so right now, I think that there's this crazy, crazy, like, divide, divide of, like, what is patriotism? <laughs> that was my one contribution for the past five minutes, saying divide. Thanks, buddy. But anyway, so yeah, what do you think about all that? What do I think about it? What do you think about the protests? What's going on? What do you think about, like, how, how do you want to express your patriotism, Vince? How would you respond where America is kind of looked down upon, but in China it's like, uh, well, you're kind of forced to have patriotism. It's a little crazy. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're comparing China to America and that you're saying the culture in China is more that you just kind of have, for lack of a better word, phrase, blind patriotism that you always support your country, no matter what, even if they kind of... If, even, if, even if you have to look past their, like, wrongdoings and things you don't agree with, you just kind of have blind patriotism, um, still say we support him. And here in the U.S., it's the exact opposite, where it's kind of the cool thing to not be patriotic and say how much you're not happy with things going on here. Is that correct? Uh, let me correct the Chinese part. It's more like because of Chinese propaganda education, they're forced to believe that China is so great. So, like, uh, think about their history books were written as... Their government is more praised. It's more on a positive. They try to put their government in a more positive light, despite a lot of the horrific acts that they did. So a lot of people, a lot of Chinese kids or now adults don't really see the difference. They believe that they're Ugh. right. So it's in a form of propaganda indoctrination. So it's um, kind of like nineteen eighty four rewriting the history books almost. Sure, I never read the book, but anyways, um, I hope you don't have to read it. I think it's pretty bad. 
But, uh... <laughs> yeah, but then the whole America part is very... Because everyone's very divisive right now, especially with all Democrats, Republicans. Screw Trump. Yay, Trump. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, what do I think about that? Well... Politics are not my favorite thing to talk about, just because... I think the best way to describe this is a quote that I heard. The lyric is, uh... You ever heard of a band called The Animals? Actually, no, I haven't. Well, they have a lyric of a song, something along the lines of, I'm just a soul trying to do good, please don't let me be misunderstood. And I think that really applies today, where I think so many people easily misunderstand each other with, like, trigger words that they throw out there and, like, categories that we fall under, you know, Republican, Democrat, I believe in this, I believe in that, and just, like, different uh, interpretations of broad phrases, you know, like the uh, Black Lives Matter, Believe Women thing, there's just these broad movements going on, and some people interpret them in different ways, and then some people support them based on their interpretation interpretations that might be different from other people, and then causes a lot of divisiveness, so... With that preface, I'm not really a political person, but with that being, just because for those reasons, I feel like it's very easy for people to kind of, you know, not view each other as humans anymore. They view each other strictly as categorically their politics, you know, that's a Republican, that's a Democrat, and they're, it's us and them type of thing. But with that being said, um, I think it's, I think there's a quote, descent is the highest form of patriotism. And, uh, it's a quote by a band called Rise Against. And by that, I mean they actually said the quote and requoted it from someone else, but I like Rise Against, <laughs> so I'm just going to say that they so said it. So you're creating it to them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, who said it first? I have no idea. Well, it was definitely some philosopher or politician from the early days. But Plato, Rise Against said it. Aristotle. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, dissent is the highest form of patriotism. So I think I can get with that because, I mean, it's like psychologically. If you really care about something, you're going to be more critical and, like, observant of the things about it, right? Sure, why not? Yeah, because, I mean, like, when we talk about these movies, like, if you, what's your favorite movie, Jeff? What's a movie you really Dragon like? Dragon Ball Super Broly. <laughs> so if a sequel to Dragon Ball Super Broly came out with Broly, and you're really stoked for it, but then there was a lot of, like, flaws and things you noticed about it, wouldn't you be more upset than if it was something you didn't care as much about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Juno. I hate that movie. That movie sucks. <laughs> Fair. That's, uh, people always like to compare Juno and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> that movie was objectively trash. I almost went as uh, the guy from Juno for Beta Breakers, because that was the only costume you looked kind of comfortable to run in. Uh, I was going to call you trash, but then you justified it in a way that I was like, alright, I can see that. Yeah. Not that I actually wanted to dress up like Michael Sarah. I don't think he can get an acting job because he plays that specific nerdy role so well that like it's impossible to, for him to be cast at anything else. Have you seen This Is The End? <laughs> yeah. He's play, He plays himself, and that's the sad no, part. No, he doesn't. Clearly oh, wait, doesn't he play a douchebag or something? He plays like the opposite of Michael Sarah. He's like at the party in the beginning <laughs> with all the, all, all these like Hollywood comedians who are playing basically like exaggerated versions of themselves. And he, rather than playing Michael Sarah, plays the exact opposite, just like a dude snorting cocaine and being super inappropriate, slaps a ring on his ass. <laughs> yeah, he's getting know. blown in the bathroom by two girls. <laughs> At the end of the day, well, okay, he got casted because, like, it was his friend's movie. But, like, objectively, I don't think he could be really casted as anything else. And I haven't seen him in anything else besides these comedies. You never know. He could have an Oscar right around the corner. Just do he's some not shot of the buff, where he he goes crazy, 
goes on a bender and comes back and makes like one of the most like revolutionary movies of like the past year or something. You talking about Transformers? <laughs> no, like Charles Buff is like objectively a good actor. Like he's been in some solid movies. Like even Stevens? <laughs> uh Fury. Actually, I haven't seen that, but I have, I did... Yeah, it was actually pretty good in that. Yeah, it was the same guy uh, that did Suicide Squad. And then he did another movie with an autistic kid. I think it was like one of the first autistic actors as a main protagonist lead. No, I heard his uh, last movie that came out <coughs> this year was actually really good. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Rise Against. <laughs> yeah, so going back. Well, I just brought them up because of the quote, Dissent is the highest form of patriotism, where... If you really do care about your country, one form of like showing how you care about it is being so critical about it and saying things you're not happy with. And I think sometimes in our day and age, when a lot of people, like you said, it is kind of the cool thing to like, like, n- talk about how much you don't like America or how like you're not happy with it here, like you're so not proud of your president, you know, etc. And that's kind of the default for a lot of people. But I think there are a lot of those cases where the people that are very critical about it do actually really care about the country and it's like hurting them to see the state that things are in right now. So that's why they're so overwhelmingly negative about what's going on. But uh, I think it's good to be... If I had to choose either like blind patriotism or like, you know, believing incorrect information and being happy with it, or believe in correct information and being really not happy with the country and knowing that things need to change. It's definitely way more important to know the truth and, like, want to change things for the better. So I think if I had to choose between, like, what's the situation here versus the situation in China, I think I won't say who's in a better place, but I think we're in a better place for positive change in the future based on, like, people being so transparent with what they're not happy about. But that's only the first step. The next step toward actually implementing the change means people actually like getting on the same page about things rather than just kind of like viewing a very us and them mentality you know like like people who disagree politically now they it, it's so heightened these days because they don't view the other person they disagree with as like just having a reasonable disagreement or they see like understand their side it's like if you don't agree with this you're a Nazi if you don't agree with this then you're just a uh way too super woke liberal who doesn't have any common sense, you know, et cetera. It's just, it's just extremes. It's just like everyone views the other person who doesn't agree with them as this like parodied version of like their political party. You know, if you're a Republican, then you're a Nazi. If you're a liberal, then you're a snowflake, et cetera. So that's my two cents, Joe. <laughs> and who said that you didn't have much to say about this topic? <laughs> Sounds like you actually had a good chunk to say. Um, I just don't like talking politics, Jeff. Yeah, I know. So I think from my point of view is that it's... I mean, you just kind of be a dead horse at this point. It's like I do see and I kind of admire the fact that they do have passion and they're proud of saying that uh, and, and just really express what they feel and what even though they may not entirely be on the right side of history, in my opinion. But Are we talking about time, America or China? China. Okay. But at the same time, it's, I think right now, if I were to go out on the street right now, especially in the liberal, liberal part of Bay Area, like, just Bay Area, which is extremely liberal, mm-hmm. um, and I were to say, I am an American and I'm proud of it, mm-hmm. I feel like a bunch of people are going to probably honk their horns and say, I'm an idiot. Yeah, probably. Um, and which is why it, it kind but of... But it's just, not because of what you said, they just say that to you, because, just because. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, no, so <laughs> just it's... Just kidding. And it's like, okay, well, why can't I say that? Why can't I express that? Because... 
every player. Because they, they would associate it with you saying you're a huge Donald Trump fan. Yeah, so they're going to probably assume that I'm uh, a Donald Trump, a pro-Trump person. Which you are, right? Not really. You sure? go die. Um, I thought you said he, you really liked his hair. He was a great guy. Good bod. Good skin tone. No? Pretty no, sure you said never. that right before this podcast, no? Never. Never, Vince. <laughs> never, you asshole. Oh, uh, you filthy jerk. Um, Just kidding. So, yeah. So, dang it. I totally lost my train of thought now. Something about if you say you like America, people will honk at you. Proud yeah, I still lost my train of thought. Anyway, so, it's... It's difficult, I feel like, to really express your opinion, especially because, like, okay, my experience is different from another person. So, like, for an African-American, right, who may have, like, has roots here, may have, obviously, a different experience, and they may have, like, the whole uh, opinion of, hey, you know, my ancestors were slaves, blah, blah, and how dare you um, compare your American experience to mine, whereas, well, I'm a Chinese immigrant born born in, in Taiwan, immigrated to America, and seeing how I have the option to not join the military, that's kind of nice. Not being forced into the military, that's kind of great. And so to me, it's like, okay, well, there's definitely opportunities in America where I can't have as opposed to where I'm in a different country. And so to me, it's like, I can't say I'm proud to be an American. I have the opportunities here. Yeah. And so my experience is different from another person. And so the fact is that, because of this small phrase now, because we've compartmentalized it, we've so overly generalized it to the point where it's taboo almost. And it, and because of that, I can't help but admire the other side. Uh, admire the other side. China, being... where I like, it, they can wear on their sleeves and they're right about it. Like, despite the fact that like we're probably losing money and a lot of companies are being bullied by China mm-hmm. because they're not allowed to express their beliefs in uh when they're advertising in China. So you're saying you're envious of China in like that people can actually be proud of like where they're from? Yeah. Yeah. Like and you miss that. You wish you could kinda of do that more with America? Well that's the thing is that with America and that's the price of freedom of speech, right? Is that people are allowed to say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But because we're we live in such a liberal mindset, especially in the Bay Area actually no not even that. I feel like just living in America in general, it's like well Whatever the popular consensus is, that's right, regardless of what your opinion is. So let's say right now I live in a liberal area, mm-hmm. the San Francisco Bay Area, yes. saying that I'm proud to be an American, probably I'm going to get a few dirty looks. But if I were to say that, let's say in deep red uh, Alabama, and I said <laughs> that, people are probably going to be firing off their guns and cheering because I said that. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, if I were to say... Uh, I mean, I would never say this, but ban all guns in Alabama, I'm probably going to get shot at. Whereas if I were to say it in the liberal Bay Area, I said ban all guns, which I would never actually believe in. Um, I would get rows of cheers and people raising their kombuchas. <laughs> Good metaphor. I like it. Yeah. You're painting a picture. Um, and so it's it's like, okay, well, what the hell? It's like, I ha- I can't say my I can't have that voice. And so, I think at the end of the day, it's like, I think everybody should be allowed to say, hey, I am proud of American, I am a patriot. I mean, screw the Boston, New England Patriots, because they're, because they beat the Rams, beat my boys out in the Super Bowl this Ah, okay, year. that was it, remember, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that's why I brought it up, I said, 
World Series and Super that's, Bowl. No, but then, no, I was saying there was a Boston team that beat an L.A. team, remember? Yeah, the World Series and the Super Bowl this past year. Oh, but off the no. podcast, you didn't. You said, oh, I don't can't remember. No, I thought you were trying to allude to a different game. But when I did mention World Series and Super Bowl, I think you didn't hear it and you moved past it. No, I appreciate sure that didn't happen. No, I did say that. And then you didn't hear me. Anyways. No, I appreciate sure uh, that didn't happen. That did happen, Joe. Anyways. It wasn't recorded, so no one will believe you, Joe. Um, They'll probably so won't believe me. I think that you should say that. But at the same time, know that there's definitely imperfections with where you're from. I think that nobody should ever discount where they're from. Because that's still a part of who they are. Regardless of you like it or not. And I think that you should stand by that, but at the same time, like, move on to say, hey, what else can I do to improve this godforsaken shithole of uh, uh, government or, like, where I'm from? What can I do to make it better? Because no matter what, it's still a part of you whether you like it or not. It is still a fundamental characteristic trait. It could be a part of you. you. It could be a part of you strictly in the sense of the part that you... The part of you that you don't like, in a sense of you know, when you experience something, you kind of like either take from it, this is what I want to be, or this is what I don't want to be, and it could be part of you in the sense of like you know what you don't want to be, you know. Yeah. So that's my t- two cents, and the whole protesting that's gone on. It really got me thinking. I'm like, these students, they really believe what they what they were ta- taught, and they're carrying it. On their, they're wearing it on their sleeves and they're expressing it. Though I fundamentally disagree with them. But at the same time, well, kind of not wrong. Hong Kong is part of China. Um, but I do agree that China is impeding on human rights right now. So, it's like, okay. I can't help but admire that aspect at least. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, a little bit more sobering topic this time around, and to really just express and just get people to think, like, um, we can really just see what the media is saying about how, like, oh, we've got to fight for Hong Kong, uh, China's bullying uh, major corporations such as the NBA, such as uh, Blizzard. The <laughs> no, Blizzard, the gaming company, because you guys don't know, is that there anybody who says anything about pro-Hong Kong, um, they're banned... And they're punished. Mm. So a lot of people, gamers in competitions, they've been punished and been stripped of their Blizzard funding. <coughs> mm. And so, like, yeah, that's the repercussions that it has. Um, but at the same time, is that a company does control what you say, and they they are li- barred away from the First Amendment of freedom of speech. Uh. So, and but it's like it's easy to get fixated on these little aspects. These, I mean, not little, but they're major aspects that people keep portraying, keep uh, um, uh, reporting. But also, on the flip side, there's so much to it as well. There's, a, there's another avenue to look at when it comes to this. And there's another perspective to bring up. Yeah, I think, going back to what you said earlier about like freedom of speech, I used to actually commonly say how we kind of... We do preach about freedom of speech, but it almost feels like... It's almost like freedom of speech with a caveat. Like, you can say whatever you want, but there's a good chance that what you say could help you lose your entire livelihood. Because, you know, with what... The the day and age we live in now, if you say something that's just interpreted the wrong way, and it 
is on Twitter where people can retweet it and screenshot it and just get a hashtag going and write articles about it that just get more and more retweets, etc. Then a reputation goes out about what you said and what your intentions were, whether or not either actually true. And then before you know it, you're either out of a job or people have these beliefs about you that are widespread that influence you know your livelihood, whether or not you can actually get hired somewhere, whether or not you get fired from a job, how people interpret you on the day-to-day, how history remembers you. And I wouldn't exactly call that free or freedom. It's, uh, it's almost like freedom of speech, but there's a very good likelihood that your life will get influenced by what you say. So it's kind of like, I feel like it just has a, the day we, the day and age we live in now with social media and just everything having a paper trail of what, everything you say having a paper trail as long as it's on the internet, there's really, freedom of speech is, it's, it's freedom of speech with a caveat that you can't, whatever you say can be referenced and used against you. So. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely, like, back then. It's easy to say I can make fun of uh, gays or the phrase that's gay or you're a faggot. That's such a common phrase back in the day. Right now, if you were to say that, you actually can ruin your entire career even though you may have posted that in the context, in the back then context where it was actually okay. Yeah, I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Did we? Sure, I don't remember. Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. There's a scene. Oh, sure, yeah, you did talk about it. Yeah, there's a scene where they hug each other and then look fag like that. It's just like yeah. It literally, you know, one person like retweets that who has like I don't know ten thousand followers and like post that scene with Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves tomorrow morning will have to issue an apology for like writing that movie or like. Like, even saying that scene, even if he didn't write the, like write anything related to that movie, even if he was just reading the lines off the paper, you know? Yeah, and so that's the thing, is that, like, well, for, people expect... So, LeBron James, he came out and said, for all you guys who don't know who that is, that's a famous basketball player. He believed that... Does anyone not know who LeBron James is? <laughs> uh, some people live under a rock, you'd be surprised. <laughs> of um, our five listeners, I think they will do. So, yeah, so the GM for Rockets, he it all started with him saying... So they about fight for Hong Kong or something. China got pissed off and discontinued all partnerships with the Houston Rockets basketball team. Um, then LeBron recently finally called me and said that owner didn't understand, at least to his belief is that he wasn't fully educated in the situation, so he wasn't. He kind of jumped the gun on his comments. So right now, a lot of the world, especially Hong Kong, are burning his jerseys and really complaining about to LeBron saying, when push comes to shove, LeBron doesn't back human rights. He only cares about his wallet. And so, but that's the thing is that freedom of speech comes with a price. And I don't think people really count the cost of it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, and I'm agreeing. Yeah. Just in a different example, yeah. that's more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, connected with the whole Hong Kong thing. Yep. And so it's like I'm not I'm not doubt, I'm not disagreeing with anybody saying that LeBron James is really going yeah no he's going back to <laughs> his work but he's playing for the LA Lakers so I kind of have to back him regardless at this point but you weasel hey man I all I need to chip I don't care about anyone else right now. we need that <laughs> championship fair. hey you've been beating the Warriors in the pregame uh, preseason games it's freaking preseason who cares. Hey, 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 it's better than nothing. Yeah, you guys are injured. You guys, look, I was looking at your roster, like, half of your team is injured. Yeah. And I'm true. like, you guys are even playing at full power. What's the point of, like, dominating you guys? Yeah. I feel no satisfaction. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I just, 
really want it to be like 2021 already so we can get Clay back and maybe a better player added on the team. Yeah, I just want the Lakers to win the championship so I can move on and say, screw everybody else. You're going to be waiting for a while, Joe. Yeah, shut your mouth. Anyways, (laughs) no, so that's what happened. That's LeBron's comment a lot of people are upset about, but it's, I really don't think people understand. So it's like one of those things. So it's it's like liberalism. It's the idea that we accept of all, we're all, we're tolerant of all beliefs. Mm -hmm. But if one belief does go against your belief, you immediately denounce it. And that well, I don't think that that's liberalism by nature, but that's what... But no, that's liberalism by definition. But then by nature, people kind of do what they feel, what makes them happy. But liberalism is all about tolerance, though. But at the same time, no, that's the general pure definition of it, right? Yeah, but that's people what you have, said. Yeah, but people have bastardized it. Yeah, yeah, that's... Well, I think you, you accidentally said that the definition is that you don't tolerate other people's beliefs. Oh, yeah. no, I'm saying, uh, I guess, well, it's been changed yeah, by yeah. modern times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... And that's what it is. And well, is it really liberalism? Is it really tolerance? Or is it just I'm doing what's popular? And the popular thing is for me to be a vegan. No, but um, the popular thing is right now, um, at least in the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe socialism. <laughs> but whereas if you're in the deep red states, I'm not saying they're wrong, but they may be very uh, Republican mindset, more conservative mindset, whatever is the flip side of socialism. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's... I'm society gonna t- sucks. I'm going to... Society. Um, I'm going to tie everything back to Metallica because that's how I usually equate things. So the singer Metallica... Do you you know process it through music. Pretty much, yeah. I relate everything to music. Um, do you know the singer Metallica, Joe? James Hetfield? Uh, is he the one in rehab? Yes. Okay. So yeah, that guy. <laughs> that's what interests someone. <laughs> that great time. It's not that uh, that shouldn't define who he is. He's much much more important. No, they than seem that. like genuinely these better people than a lot of hip hop artists. Cause screw most of them. Yeah. No, I mean, so there's some good hip hop artists out there for sure. There's good hip. There's good artists of every genre. Oh, I'm so bitter. I'm not biased, but uh, I am. But uh, yeah. So basically, we're getting off topic. So singer Metallica. He actually used to live in the Bay Area for the majority of his life, almost half his life, I guess you could say. And uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast a few years ago talking about how he moved to Vail, Colorado. Just because he said he got tired of the attitudes in the Bay Area. Just how it's like... They specifically preach being tolerant, but it's only tolerant if it's like the kind of tolerance... They're only tolerant if like you're their kind of tolerant, you know? Like, And, and he like experienced it in a slightly different way than us. Like He would go hunting and he would like have, like, animals, like, on the back of his truck sometimes that he'd, like, shot from, like, hunting and whatnot, and then just the looks he'd get from people for things like that, just feeling like he was always, like, being judged. And it's that idea of, like, I think, like you said, by nature, like we said, by nature, liberalism is about, you know, tolerance, but then what's become, I think it's that idea of tolerance has been, like, obsessed, like, obsessively fixated on and, like, focused on so much that it's had the opposite effect where it's not it's no longer tolerism they're no longer actually tolerant of other cultures they're tolerant in the sense that they believe a set core of ideas that they think are tolerant and then if you don't fit into that then you're just like instantly a nazi etc and i'm not saying this is all you know liberals or People who lean liberal, it's just, you know, a small subculture that just happen to have loud voices and then Twitter accounts with wide followings, you know, that have just kind of, like, ruined the... 
political landscape for a lot of people, and I think it's just it. We just it's the combination of also we live in a culture where everyone wants to be heard, so you just hear a million different voices and a million different opinions all on Twitter, and it's just a mess where nobody's really listening to each other. And I'm just a cynical bastard. And I don't know what the solution is, but it's just a mess. Benevolent dictatorship by me. <laughs> That's just my solution. But anyways. Yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, honestly, it's, I really hope people can take a step back and just kind of realize what is going on. So, I'm for what these people are doing in Hong Kong, but I feel like sometimes maybe you take a step back and really see what the goal is, what the end goal is. What's going on? In Hong Kong? What? People should take a step back and see what's going on, you said? Yeah. Do you have something to play? <laughs> That's right, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Vince is playing Marvin Gaye in the background. I'm kind of just very confused and perplexed by what's going called on. what's going on. Oh, uh, anyways, <laughs> moving on from your uh, tangent. <laughs> really, I think people just take a step back and just kind of like see what the bigger picture is. And yeah, no, I think. They kind of, the people in Hong Kong right now they kind of have a point. What they're what's, fighting for. What's their point? Um. So they have fifty years where, uh, China would not infringe on their hu- basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is that China is doing a slow integration process of making them more and more absorbed, more and more, uh, indoctrinated within Chinese teachings, or at okay. least China, communist Chinese teachings. Mm-hmm. Um. So people, there's supposed to be a fifty year treaty on that, but the thing is that they're kind of jumping the gun, and. Right now, by 2047, 2040-something, um, it'll be interesting to see where this all is. Because right now, Hong Kong seems, in my opinion, like a powder keg waiting to explode. Anything could happen. We could potentially have another Tiananmen uh, incident. Tiananmen Square? Yeah. It could, it could be like that. We don't know. Let's pray that it's not that. Or it could be, oh my gosh, China decides to annex and let Hong Kong be governed by itself. For the rest of eternity, maybe, who knows? We don't know. But there's a lot of things going on, and the things that Hong Kong is fighting for, I admire it, but at the end of the day, it's, all right, let's take, take a step back, bigger picture, what's going on, even for ourselves right now in the States, um, to figure out, okay, yeah, no, there is a lot going on in Hong Kong. Uh, you can write all the banners you want. You have that very right, you have every right to express your belief, but at the end of the day, well, so what? What are you doing to improve the situation? Or um, do you realize that maybe your actions may exacerbate things or actually is assaging things? And so I just want everyone to really think carefully about their stances <laughs> and what they're doing. That's Jaws PSA for the world. Think carefully. I'm not wrong, am I? Thinking carefully? With advice like that, I can't disagree. <laughs> yes. Vince doesn't disagree with me. It took 12 episodes, but we finally got there. Oh my gosh, I want to hug you. <laughs> well, Ja, can't always get what you want. Anyways, concluding thoughts, final thoughts, Vince? Final thoughts, um... Alright, here's an amity. Moving on. I think uh, everyone should listen to Rise Against. <laughs> they have, Rise uh, Against is Vince's, like, top three bands. Top one band, Ja. Are those Metallica. Nah, they're like a close second, but it's oh, very right. close. I don't know. Wouldn't you say they're in your top five? No. No? Not at all? No, I like Rising Guns. They're just not in my top five. Top ten? I never thought about my top ten. 
Let's say top 20. Okay. Well, I'm tying this back in because Rise Against are very uh, socially and politically conscious, and they write about a lot of hot-button topics in their music, and they uh, use a lot of artistic metaphors to describe things going on in the world, and I think they are a good example of a band that can kind of make mainstream topics more relevant for kids because they tie it in and integrate it very seamlessly. And don't be like me, a person who just listens to their music and doesn't pay attention to any of the social stuff. You should actually pay attention. <laughs> and with that, thank you for listening to the... Over- Dang, I forgot what we're Overpaid and overqualified. We're switching it up. Overpaid, overqualified podcast with your host, John Vince. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>